Good morning, everybody. It's Oliver Callan here. On this Friday till 10 o'clock this morning, July is now 21 days old, which in month years is middle-aged. So July is getting drunk tonight. That's all I'm saying. 51551, that is the text to get on, in touch with us. If you're in the north, you're special. So you get to text studio and then your message to 80889. Yes, I'm here a whole month now, actually. I was saying just... Um, inside this windowless cell in the undercarriage of RTE. I'm like Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. I've been in this room for eight years now, Clarice, and now I know they will never, ever let me out while I'm alive. Still, I mustn't grumble, and I have, I have movies and films in my mind today because, as you know, Barbenheimer, it is the Barbie movie, Oppenheimer, Double Bill, the most hyped and anticipated weekend of film watching this year and possibly ever, and it has captured the imagination of people. Uh, Bombardment is what I'm calling it, marketing and chatter. And it's a great weekend because it's going to be a very wet weekend in Ireland, so it's going to be a good one for the cinemas. And Kira King, RT presenter, is coming in to join us. She's watched um, both films this week, especially for one of the few people in the country who would have seen, uh, or in the world indeed, who's already seen both of the films. And she was on Late Date this week, so she's up to high dough watching long films and she's going to tell us the definitive version. There are lots and lots of reviews across the world, mixed a little bit on Barbie and very effusive about Oppenheimer. But are they being snobby and is Barbie just the pink, hot pink escape we all need? Kira King, thankfully, is a sensible and fully grown adult human male. So she knows things about normal people. All right, so we leave the film critics. We will be discussing uh, Barbie Heimer. It was Boppenheimer for a while, but they've they've changed changed their mind on it. So looking forward to that. Uh, we also were discussing, uh, speaking of the smaller screen, Yellowstone during the week and how it's made people really fall in love with Montana, the big sky state of America, which is the the cowboy rival now to the kind of more west coast. Uh, where, which Clint Eastwood popularised, although he shot most of the stuff in Canada, which uh, particularly the area that's just north of Montana. So, you know, there's there's a connection there. And we're going to be talking to a fella who went a step further in his Yellowstone Kevin Costner fandom and actually went to Montana. So, so a, f- a fun Friday in store for you. And by the way, I want to tell you something that I learned this week, or think that I learned, because an Irish woman who I know, who lives in America for years and years and years, explained to me that the Americans, the Yanks, as we like to call them sometimes, they don't understand the world nearly. And this, this has blown my mind. Is this true, American listeners? Are you flummoxed when you hear us use the term nearly? 51551 is our text, such as I'm nearly there. And she says her American friends, when she's over in California, they're going, right, where are you right now? Oh, I'm nearly there. All right, sorry, what? What, what, what's, what do you mean? What's, what's that? Oh, you're almost, you're almost here. Okay, great. So she, you know, and, and the sort of phrase, you know, I heard that story. I nearly died. I nearly died when I heard it. Sure. You know, I nearly, I nearly had a heart attack. That sort of thing. Apparently, American brains go, huh? What? Are you being serious right now? You're almost, almost. Now, this brought me then to, because I know in Dundalk, if someone is almost certain of something, they'll say, I'm near sure. I'm near sure. Where's my keys? I'm near sure I saw them. You left them at your arse. Which would be kind of a very Dundalk phrase of, you know, you, you've left them behind somewhere. You were being very untidy in your ways. You left them at your arse. Uh, I'm near sure I saw them in the car. Or maybe, yeah, yeah, I'm near sure. Near sure. So you can imagine what that would do. Imagine trying to learn the English, listening to Irish people 
uh, for the first time. Um, that's the northeastern language now we kind of don't talk because it does come it does infect North Louth, South Monaghan, East Cavan, some of Meath as well. Uh, like for example, something very expensive up our way. Uh, you hear the term, oh, that's hotted money. Ta- them, them Taylor Swift tickets are hotted money, which is a peculiar one because horrid is quite an English. She's very horrid. I find it quite horrid. It's hotted money, that is. Hotted. It's a proper English word, so it's, it's desperate. Anyway, that's the story today. Uh, looking to the newspaper roundup, I'm very, very distracted, which is a good sign for a scattered brain Friday. Uh, the front page of The Guardian newspaper in the in the UK has a picture of Irish fans, the Irish football fans in Ringsend, who unfortunately watched us lose to Australia uh, last uh, yesterday in the opening day of the World Cup. And uh, I think the people of Ringsend, Dublin 4, will have to go out and buy a copy of The Guardian today. The kids are there reacting. I mean, it's, it's a really cool photograph. It's kind of cute as well, all the kids in the, in the Ireland gear. But um, it's not over yet. It's a long campaign, but interesting that the, the British newspapers went front page there as well. Uh, it's a big weekend, of course, in sport. All-Ireland hurling final is going to be going on. On Sunday, Limerick going for four in a row. Kilkenny determined to stop them as they themselves were stopped getting five in a row by Cork, famously, I think 2005, maybe slightly later. And uh, I was in Croke Park last weekend and I saw they have these glass panels on the main entrance into Croke Park and they have each of the county's winning years and so on. And Limnach is there three times. They're going for four. And the Limerick leader, their coverage today is is quite curious. A Limerick nun has denied plans and rumours that she is going to turn the communion host green on Sunday to mark All-Ireland Sunday. Sister Patricia Coughlin from St Andrew's Church in Killefanan said they intend said that they intended to... Well, she's denied the reports. Yes, news outlets were reporting that she was going to turn the host green, uh, the Limerick colours, to mark the four-in-a-row efforts and the hurling heroes. But she's now clarified there's no plans in the making. Now, it's quite hard to believe her when you see a picture of her in front of the altar, which is entirely draped in Limerick Gansies, and there's a come on there and a flag and all sorts of... Some sort of kind of devout homage to Declan Hannan and the boys. Of course, Declan Hannan is an injury concern for Limerick fans, and we don't know if he's going to play all or some of the match on Friday and he's a very very important very important fella um, so she says look there's a, the hurling means a lot but there's only one true altar one true host and this stands above else I still don't know if she's talking about um, uh, about the you know whether she means our lord or she means Limerick so you know her, her loyalties are divided now Sister Patricia Cochran we're watching you very much now um, uh, 51551 we're out of the American speak now, try saying it's grand to an American yeah I mean that does that does they're not all together doesn't it but uh, they do learn when they come here and they love it and then they overuse it oh it's grand and then they use it all wrong wrongly I should say again can't learn English in Ireland we've taken the English language you see we've used it for our own purpose and we've used it beautifully and uh, we've evolved the language that's our excuse um, this is from earlier in the week but it relates to Oppenheimer and as a reminder, and actually we spoke to Joe McCabe, who wrote Rebels to Reels, a biography of uh, combat cameraman Daniel A. McGovern last year, you might remember. And he, uh, Joe McCabe is a Carrick Macross man. And Daniel A. McGovern was born in County Monaghan in 1909. He grew up in the police barracks, in the RUC barracks as it was then, in the main street in Carrick Macross. And then he, his family went to the US. He joined the US Air Force and he was involved in World War II. And eventually he, um, he basically became the cameraman. He was the first guy to go in and shoot footage of Hiroshima and Nagasaki and most parts of Japan uh, immediately after the Second World War after the two bombs were dropped and his footage is in the US National Archives and his footage, the Carrick Man 
uh, is the most definitive photographic record of this only time in history when the atomic bombs were deployed in combat. So um, that's just a reminder from journalist Claude Finn that the book is out there and that there's a Monaghan connection to the whole uh, Oppenheimer, father of the A-bomb, and then it's, it's dropped and he, uh, by fate, becomes the man who actually shoots all those famous, famous scenes as you see the, the dome in the Japanese cities stripped back like they've performed an autopsy on Japan and all of that um, debate about war crimes and whatnot will continue now uh, being, being spurred along by the film. Now, um, the Barbie, we've avoided Barbie stories now, haven't we? We've managed about 10 days, maybe almost two weeks and finally the negative, the marketing has turned negative. Over in England, there was a primary school scheme which was the Mattel company behind Barbie dolls, because that is the film, is there to sell the Barbie dolls. They were planning to give 150,000 Barbie dolls out free to primary school, um, schools across England, uh, which are still actually up and running, aren't they? They go to the end of July in England. And so 150,000 primary school children are, are going to get the free Barbie dolls. But the experts uh, are, are reacting, saying this is going to reinforce gender stereotypes. It is basically stealth marketing to get people to buy stuff. And so they're being criticised now for this. And finally, they, so 700 schools are going to take part in it. Obviously, it's all to do with the film. So a psychotherapist over there said she felt faintly repulsed by the scheme. And a professor of public health evaluation said this was alarming. And uh, it's going to reinforce all of the kind of problems that, that Barbie has been criticised over the years and that we expect uh, Greta Gerwig, the director of Barbie, to highlight. And we will find out from Kira King whether she managed to be successful or not. But finally, some of the negative bombardment of marketing has come on. They'll rue the day. They will. Uh, down in Waterford Way, public chess boards have been installed. So this is a kind of cool thing you go to continental squares and you go, why can't we be more like them with the civilised people out playing chess in the, uh, on, in the main squares come rain or because I've seen them actually playing in the rain uh, only recently. Where was I? I was in Italy actually where they got a lot of rain in May and people were out with their umbrellas playing chess and looking very contemplative. So Waterford's Cathedral Square now is the newest place, the first, is it the first place in Ireland? Probably not. But they, anyway, they have chess boards that have been installed there by the City and County Council and it's coincided with World Chess Day, nestled in the heart of the city centre. Cathedral Square has long been a favourite spot for social gathering festivals and it's hoped the new public chess boards will offer visitors, I'll turn into Waterford accent here, will offer visitors a unique and enjoyable experience, complimenting Waterford City's rich and cultural heritage. By. So that's what we're going to do down there. The tables, by the way, were made by Keating Fabrication, which is a wonderful firm boy who also made the planters on the square. The beautiful planters down there. And the picture actually shows giant um, chess pieces as well. So you can play chess in giant form. And uh, you can, to use the public chess, I presume you just bring your own chess set, but you can also go to the nearby Medieval Museum or Medieval Museum, depending on your pronunciation of that word, um, play a small deposit and you'll get chess or draft pieces. Good news, wonderful sophistication down in Washington. Wonderful. Very, it's the oldest city in the, um, in the country. Now, some people in Cork might say it looks every bit of it, but I would never, I would never defend those comments. Uh, Joe Biden is in the news uh, for two reasons. One, that he's been wearing runners without socks as he's been wandering around, um, uh, around as he boarded Air Force One. But other stories are pointing out that this is part of the new campaign by his handlers to stop him falling down the steps. And as the London Times, I think, justifiably points out today, everyone trips as they climb stairs, falls off their bicycle, forgets what they're doing from time to time. But when you're Joe Biden, everyone sees it. And when you're 80, everyone sees it and wonders aloud whether you're fit to continue doing some of the most demanding jobs in the world. So he's taken steps. There are apparently... 
He's taken steps about steps. There's now a shorter set of steps being used by Joe Biden to enter Air Force One because he stumbled famously three times as he tried to go up the steps too quickly. I mean, slow down. He, uh, and not long after, he broke a foot and he fell off his bike because he was wearing runners uh, in those kind of claspy things that for professional cyclists wear and uh, the mammals of the world who do good cycling. Uh, so he's not only wearing... Um, why would he be wearing the socks? Because he's wearing Skechers. These are Skechers, which are branded at people of a certain age, but are open to all, but are kind of, you know, being branded very much or, or by the rest of the world as, oh, they're for, they're for old people. And these are the slip-on Skechers is what he's wearing. So they have fake laces on it, stretch fit design for sock-like life comfort. And you can just slip into them without any shoe slip, shoe horn, anything like that. And Joe, who's in his 80s now, uh, is seen wearing them because he liked his dress shoe. But the dress shoe running upstairs it does not work for anybody, and particularly when you've broken your foot and you're 80 years old and the, it's live cameras. So other people are defending the whole sockless element of these sketch are wearing because they're going, maybe he's wearing the, you know, the trainer socks, the invisible socks or low rise socks that could be in there. But unless he takes them off and shows us his, his feet, nobody wants that for, for anyone. Not just, not just Joe Biden. Um, Looking down towards the Florida Keys, this is a story. There's, a, there's an Ernest Hemingway festival uh, down there in the Florida Keys, where, of course, it was the late author's home during the 1930s. And the highlight of the festival is not all very pompous rewriting or a, a re-evaluation of his literary um, qualifications and his, his canon. As we know, for whom the bell tolls, the old man of the sea, to have and have not, all of that. The highlight are all these men who look like Ernest Hemingway have a look like contest. You have to see this picture. Just lots of men, uh, white-haired, bearded men, converge on Florida Keys and they have the look-alike competition. They're dressed like Boy Scouts because they have like a fake kind of a veteran uh, military shirt, which is kind of khaki, beigey khaki. Uh, look in shorts. <laughs> I think this is basically for men who rest, spend most of the year being told, you look like Santa Claus, you're a Santy. Mom, look at Santa Claus. And they go, no, no, this is the Ernest Hemingway look. We're going to prove it by all gathering together. <laughs> they look like it's a support group for the Ernest Hemingway. It's a very, it's a delightful, delightful photograph. But they do look like Santy's dresses Boy Scouts, all the same. Uh, someone who's not a lookalike, but it's a real thing, Lana Del Rey who has a lot of the fangirl thing that goes on. Not to the same extent as Taylor Swift. She's kind of like sub-Taylor Swift fandom. Although I think, I'm surely Taylor Swift has come down. People are getting the ick over Taylor Swift because the price of the tickets are an absolute disgrace. Congratulations to anyone who didn't get the tickets because you've saved yourself a fortune. They've whipped up a FOMO frenzy and there you go. Imagine we spent a whole week not mentioning Taylor Swift and Barbie. We've just gone all out on Friday. But anyway, why is Lana Del Rey more importantly in the news? She's been spotted working at a Waffle House in Alabama. Um, not long so she posed with someone in Birmingham Alabama I remember uh, on holidays in Florida actually and someone coming up and seeing deck chairs and going wow these are so fancy you don't get these in Birmingham it took me a while to wonder what's she talking about she doesn't sound like she's from Birmingham oh she means Birmingham Alabama Right. And I don't know why chairs seemed fancy, but there you go. Maybe it's really fancy and that's why she really stands out Lana Del Rey. Nobody knows why she's working on a, doing a full restaurant shift, making coffee, serving people waffles in the full uniform and everything. And um, the news people have looked up and went, no, she's not making any, she's not doing a concert here. She's not recording anything around here. She's just um, being Lana Del Rey, uh, doing random marketing. Or, or she just wants to be a normal person for a while so she can write music about um, working in a waffle house. Whatever the, whatever the heck that is.
waffles. Really, just a cafe that serves waffles. Can you get waffles in Ireland? Presume you can. It's more, more donutty and more pastries, stuff like that. Now, a fascinating story uh, to go from Lana Del Rey and Ernest Hemingway lookalikes, because this is what happens in the newspaper roundup. Cambodia are going to face their elections this Sunday. And, um, well, you've only got one person to choose. It's going to be a bit of deja vu as well because Cambodia hosts the longest serving prime minister in the world. Stuff I didn't know. And I'm, I'm fascinated by this because lots of Irish people go to Vietnam, Cambodia as a collection, don't they? And um, so Hun Sen is now 70. He's ruled Cambodia since 1985. He's a former Khmer Rouge official. He defected to Vietnam before, obviously, the Khmer Rouge um, collapsed. And his survivalist grip and power has led to his... He is the world's longest serving prime minister. And, um, well, has he been any good? No. Cambodia remains one of the poorest countries in all of Asia. Locals struggling with fuel prices, stagnant wages, corruption is endemic, public accountability is weak. There are land grabs. Rising crime makes life completely intolerable because he's seen off his opponents by, as you can guess, co-opting, jailing, exiling, sidelining people. And they go to the polls and... Hun Sen is going to be the leader once again. I think it's quite interesting for those of you planning a holiday there. You don't often consider the stability of the state you're going into. 51551 is our text number. We're going to go to some music now. And um, there's some people are saying maybe go see Oppenheimer first and then Barbie next. So we'll start with an Oppenheimer related tune and we might consider a Barbie one if we have time later on. So Enola Gray, the name of the plane that dropped the first uh, bomb in the Japanese cities, uh, the first atomic bomb in combat. History is a good place to start because it's the most optimistic, upbeat vibe we can actually take out of the Oppenheimer films. 51551, that is the text. Good morning all, welcome to Friday. That'll be in your head for the day now. And it's a nice one to have in your head. Uh, the orchestral manoeuvres in the dark. OMD is their popularly known. 51551, um, Oliver, don't forget, nearly, this is the nearly um, conversation we're having, nearly never bulled the cow. Unless the bull's name was nearly. Aha, we'll let you away with that one now because it is Friday. Greetings from Killarney. Thanks for being there underground. You're very welcome. When I was young, just six Barbie dolls were all the fashion. I wanted one for my birthday, but my parents bought me a cheaper version. Vinyl Doll was written on the box. I thought that was her name and that she was known as Vinyl from then on. I was devastated when I found out the true, me true meaning of the term, as says Carol. Oh dear, Carol. His Vinyl coming to the beach was me. I can see that. It's kind of a nice name enough though, isn't it? I always think Formoika would be a good name for a doll. Make it made out of Formoika. Uh, Dundalk man told me he is going to try more harder next time. Try more harder the next time. Yeah, you see, in the northeast we have a peculiar musical, beautiful way of of speaking. In the northeast, in general, however, there's a street chessboard in Mount Bernard Park in Dublin Seven for the last year. I, of course, you would. That's Stony Batter territory, isn't it? Yes, I know that. I lived up there years ago, up around Caber. Came down on the bus from Prussia Street. Back when Prussia Street was hard and wasn't any of your hipster, you know, your your notions and your organic this and that and your street chess. I mean, for goodness sake, you, a nation eye rolls. But uh, congratulations on the sly, Stony Patter. Keep, keep up the good work. 
and uh, people are very excited about Oppenheimer. Yes, we'll come to that. But Yellowstone is all our, our talk for the moment. 51551. Keep your texts coming back after these. And you're very welcome back. Um, this person says, I chose a bike instead of a Cindy doll for my birthday. I'm glad Cindy was mentioned, though. I haven't heard Cindy been mentioned in a very long time. I wonder, is there, is there going to be a kind of a more serious film about Cindy and how she's terribly overshadowed by that Barbie one? Uh, going back to, like, well, we'll go to the Montana. Actually, there's lots of texts in about Montana. Um, C.J. Box writes about Wyoming and Yellowstone in the Joe Pickett crime novels. They give a great view of the big sky country, says Joan Scales. The excellent set obviously for, for crime Watch A River Runs Through It with Brad Pitt and Montana that, A River Runs Through It was Montana as well because that actually I only remember the scenery in that one thank you Miriam for reminding us although Legends of the Fall comes to mind as well because there's someone always constantly coming uh, over the hill in a horse isn't there with Bad News which seems to be one of those films that just went off for hours and hours in the 90s we tolerated long films back then but our, our our um, minds are not able for it anymore. I just thought about what you said, Oliver, about Yellowstone and Trump. I'd say Trump would be one of the ones that you try to take the ranch. He'd try to take the ranch and build a resort on it. Yes, he'd be the Danny Houston character. John Dutton versus Trump. There's only one outcome and it ends at the train station, says Kieran in Kildare. The train stations where, obviously, if you've been bad, that's where you end up. And uh, we mentioned waffles, by the way, earlier on. There's a waffle shack at Lambs Cross in Sandyford beside the 19th Bean Cafe with a pitch and put to do before your scrumptious waffle and or a good car valet to be had in the car valet. All the businesses have been mentioned in that whole area. Very good. It was there. It's only open on the thirds of the waffle shack. Such is the specialness of the waffles, says David. Well, I'm thinking about waffles now and I've never had a waffle before. Do they have waffles in Skull? We don't have time to find out, but I'll let you know on Monday because I'm going down there and I'll be listening to the rest of history on the way down. Uh, oh, Waffle House is a chain of breakfast restaurants across America. They have amazing home-cooked breakfast in the true American style. Definitely look them up the next time you're in the US, says Paddy in Cross Midland. I will, I, I will indeed. Um, I'll be thinking of it indeed when I'm uh, out by school. Uh, this person had a business in Great Falls, Montana for 10 years. While the company there sponsored a statue of Maher of the Sword, the first governor of Montana, who we mentioned yesterday, to mark the spot in Ford Benton, where he was fell or was pushed into the Missouri. The big debate is going on there. And we think there should be a film about that water fella. John Francis Maher, I think was his name, who ended up over in Montana. Shall we come back and um, someone's looking for... Oh yes, Limerick team. Limerick Kilkenny, enjoy the All-Ireland. It's a big, big weekend. That's all we've time for. Philip Boucher-Hayes is next. We'll be back again here on Monday. Slongafo.